0: And y'all uh, say pakota or <laughs>
1: <laughs> we say okay.
2: I actually refer to it as Pakote and then I just pronounce the A as a as a letter. So it's uh-huh. like Pakote and then A. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to episode 150 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from baseball prospectus. Today we're going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates with RJ Anderson uh, and I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. Ben, who is Pete Barrett going to be talking to?
1: Pete Barrett is going to be talking to Rob Beer Tempfel from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review.
2: All right. Uh, great. Can't wait. Um, RJ, how yes. are you?
0: I'm pretty good. This is my first time on the show, and I've always said that I'm willing to make time for my favorite podcasts. But unfortunately, KG and Parks shut down shop, so I'm here with you guys instead.
2: You have already dodged one episode, so we're just we're we're very grateful that you showed up for this one. It's very nice of you to do. Um, so the Pirates have never had a winning season in franchise history. They almost did in 2012. Uh, and came out just short at the end. Um, They signed Russell Martin in the offseason. He's the most expensive free agent signing, I believe, in team history. Um, It's not a huge signing, and yet what I just said is true. Um, So what does the signing, do you think, mean about where the team sees itself uh, in the short term and maybe going forward beyond that?
0: I think they view themselves as an average team with some impact, talent potentially on the way and again we're talking about a two-year deal here so they have they maintain flexibility it's worth 17 million so about 8.5 million per year if it's uh evenly distributed you know you this is also a signing where they addressed a weakness in their lineup last year they had rod barajas and he didn't hit he couldn't throw out runners. he couldn't throw out runners and he didn't frame the ball well according to the studies that we have Martin, he does frame the ball well. He does hit a little bit. I think he has about a 90 OPS plus over the last few years. And he does throw out runners better than Barajas did. So it's an upgrade, and it shows that once this impact talent arrives, they can make a push for the postseason without a weakness behind the plate. If uh, if they have a good year this year and
2: they find themselves – well, I guess the question is – where do they have to find themselves around the trade deadline? Uh, do you think to um, to take themselves seriously enough that they that they go all in um, or kind of uh, sacrifice some of the future for this year? How close do they need to be to be serious?
0: I don't think they should go all in under any circumstance. you know we saw the Royals trade two of their top ten prospects this off season and the Blue Jays traded two of their top five. the Pirates top five according. To our prospect rankings are Garrett Cole, Jamison, Taon, Polanco, Heredia, and Hansen. And if you ask me, should they trade one or two of those guys for what amounts to a big league veteran right now, it would have to be a pretty pretty great uh, big league veteran, you know, maybe someone like Stanton or someone of his ilk. but I don't see any circumstance where they should go all in. I would be okay. And I could get behind them trading for this year's Wandy Rodriguez or Derek Lee type if they were in the hunt or if they were within range of the breaking the 500 mark, which they haven't done in two decades. I think that's a uh, a symbiolic achievement in Pittsburgh at this point. So I would be okay with chasing that with a smaller deal, but no blockbusters at this point.
2: Uh, ben? Yes. Do you have any questions about the Pirates?
1: I'm here. um i guess uh my question is sort of about andrew mccutcheon uh zachary levine wrote something for us recently about how the pirates have this really good player and in the past they have had some really good players and they have kind of squandered them or they've ended up trading them or they just haven't capitalized on having a player like that do you think that they are in a position to surround McCutcheon with the talent that will enable them to compete or do you think there's some other solution whether it be an extension for him to to kind of move the window a bit further down the road or actually thinking about trading him would that be silly and franchise suicide and and the last straw for the fans or does it make any sort of sense
0: well they've already signed him to an extension Mm -hmm. they did that early on last season Uh, actually i believe it was in the spring they signed him to an extension that keeps him around for uh some time i believe through the 2017 season will be optioned for 2018 so he's in town for a while as long as they're willing to pay him but I do think they're going to be able to surround him with enough talent to be a legitimate playoff threat. You look at their farm, you know, we just went through those five names, Cole, Teon Polanco, Heredia and Hanson. Two of those guys, Cole and Ta'on should be in the majors before this season is out. Uh, you take those two, you take McCutcheon, you take Russell Martin, Pedro Alvarez, and Neil Walker, and you have the makings of a solid ball club. We're not talking about, you know, the American League East here, we're talking about a division that essentially has two contenders right now. So I think they could get into the picture pretty quickly as long as Cole and Tayon do what they're capable of doing and they don't make too many sweeping changes. Otherwise, you know, they can't they can't withstand having another Jose Tabata incident where a promising player kind of falls off the face of Earth. but they can make a run at things sooner than later.
1: And what do you think those two pitchers are capable of, uh, especially in the short term? Do you think that we will see both of them this year or just one of them? And is it too soon to expect them to make any sort of impact in 2013?
0: I think we're going to see Cole before the season's out. One thing the Pirates do have is some young pitching in between their current rotation and these two top prospects, they have Kyle McPherson and Jeff Locke and Justin Wilson, and even a Chris Johnson type who was a minor league signing, not really a prospect, but he's been getting some buzz here early in spring. So maybe they would consider him for a spot start. Uh, As far as 2013 impact out of these two, I never try and put big expectations on rookie pitchers. So I think expecting impact level performances out of either of them is asking a bit much, Mm -hmm. but maybe they could come up and serve in a Matt Moore or David Price role as in a reliever slash spot starter. If the pirates find themselves in a situation where that makes sense.
2: So one of the things that makes the Royals, um, an interesting team is that they have a bunch of guys who people see potential short-term upside breakout potential kind of stuff. Right. Um, and, So the Pirates kind of have um, a little bit of a similar team age-wise. And there are three guys, I think, maybe in particular, who I just want to know whether you think there's another gear there uh, in the near term. Um, Starling Marte, um, uh, Travis Snyder, and Pedro Alvarez um, all had kind of varying degrees of success or failure last year. Um, And so I just wonder, which of those do you think have like another level that is realistic and maybe... um, kind
0: of bankable? Well, we're talking about three different kinds of players here. Just to go in order, Marte, I don't know what he's going to be offensively. He's got tools to be a good offensive player, but the plate discipline scares me. Snyder, I'm not a believer. He's been a guy who all he's done consistently is frustrate and disappoint, and I don't see reason to believe that's going to change. He talked about how his maturity issues were behind him and how they plagued him in Toronto. But you look at his numbers for the Pirates, and he was horrible. And he's turning, I think believe this is his age 25 season. I don't know how many guys have turned it around at this point. I don't expect him to become more than maybe a platoon player. Uh, Pedro Alvarez, he started last year horribly, rebounded, had a decent season. Decent to good season. You know, he is what he is, I think. I don't, I don't believe he's going to get a ton better. He's going to be a home run, strikeout guy with walks. I'm interested to see if he shifts over to first base sooner than later. Of those three, I think Alvarez is going to be the best hitter. I think Marte might might pass him for best player because of his defense and base running abilities, but I'm scared of Marte's bat. I don't know if he's going to hit in the short term or the long term as well as he's capable of. So to me, Snyder's a bench player or a platoon player. Marte is a starter, but maybe not a star or superstar. And Alvarez is a good player, but maybe not the star or superstar either.
2: So I know this is obviously this is an impossible question to 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 answer, um, and it gets more impossible the further out you go. But uh, based on the roster they have now, the division they're in, and the farm system they have, as well as kind of the organization they have in place, what we know about their their GM and their front office. Uh, if you had to bet, how many division titles would you bet they win in the next uh, seven years?
0: Oh, boy. Uh, over the next seven years, that's I'd probably go with one because you look at the Reds, and they're a very good team. It's not going away in the next two, maybe three years. The Cardinals have a monster farm system on top of a good team and a good front office. They're not going away anytime soon. The Cubs have money. They're building a good farm system. You know They might get involved in David Price trade talks sooner than later, that could give them some instant pitching upgrade right there. Uh, you know, you think about the next seven years. If you go back seven seasons, in 2006, the Pirates had Zach Duke, Ian Snell, Paul Mahome, Oliver Perez, and Tom Gorzolani, all in their age 24 seasons or younger. So we're sitting here talking about Tayon and Cole and McPherson and even the guys they have in the rotation now. We don't know what's going to happen in these next seven years. None of these guys could work out because you look at that rotation. Uh, Duke, he's not a starter. Snell's not in the league. Mahomes is a decent middle of the rotation guy. Perez is in the minors. And Gorzolani is a reliever. So as good as this team potentially looks, I'm not willing to bet they win more than one division crown over the next seven years.
2: So, yeah, that seems to me fairly reasonable. I mean, there's obviously a lot of uncertainty, but, you know, you've laid out a case that it's going to be a a hard road for them, um, you know, even with some optimism there. So does that, do you feel like that changes the organizational philosophy at all, knowing that? I mean, this is a team, it seems like, that has two decades that have basically just been lost. Uh, And so I just wonder what they need to come out of this window Having accomplished. I mean, obviously, the goal is to win a World Series. The goal is to win five World Series. But like, is there kind of a more realistic, or is there a like a low end thing that they just absolutely need to accomplish to keep, you know, to keep the team sort of viable and and legitimate?
0: I'm not sure. I always compare them to the Indians. They're like the Indians of a National League. You're talking about a team that's not gonna have huge payrolls, and they play in kind of the medium market, the small market area. And you look at Cleveland, they don't seem successful when you just look at their record in recent years. But when you consider their payroll and the chances they should have of making the postseason based on that payroll, they actually do pretty well. So if I'm Pittsburgh over the next seven years, I'd like to make the postseason maybe two or three times. That would be a success. Now the question before was how many division titles will they win? I think Pittsburgh could benefit from this wild card system where they don't have to beat the Reds or the Cardinals to get in they do have to beat some other big spenders you know the Dodgers are obviously outspending everybody the Giants so on and so forth but for me if they made the postseason two or three times for every seven years I think that's a decent run
2: so should we Ben are you ready to get a prediction
1: uh yeah I guess so I was just gonna ask uh how long you think Neil Huntington's leash is if there's another uh another disappointing season like the the 2012 pirate season is that kind of the end possibly or do you think that do you have any sense of whether ownership is kind of willing to let this ride and and give him time for this wave of young talent to to reach Pittsburgh even that even if that will be possibly a few years from now
0: I think it depends on how the disappointing season plays out. You've seen over these past two seasons, they've came out roaring out of the gate. They were having winning seasons in the first half of 2011 and 2012. They made a couple of deadline moves, and and, you know, last year we'll get. I want to touch on that in a second, but uh, last year they took a weird route to the trade deadline. And then they came out and and like in 2011 they fell flat and they finished below 500 and down in the division, and Huntington also had the misfortune of the whole boot camp for prospects thing coming out during the collapse last year, and it was announced like a week later that he was returning, and that in itself wasn't very odd, but it was the timing that kind of made it a little bit suspenseful of whether he would return or not. So. Getting back to the trade deadline, you look at what he did, he added Wandy Rodriguez, and the year before that he added Ryan Ludwig and Derek Lee. But beyond Rodriguez, he went out and added Snyder and Gabby Sanchez, who are far from the ideal trade deadline acquisition. You know, these guys are unproven, kind of inconsistent talents, and they didn't hit play well for the Pirates. So that's a little risky and unusual. And I wonder if this entire thing, you know, if they come out and they play, you know, if they win 79 games this year and they don't collapse in the second half and they show that some of their young talent is there and it's growing and it's galvanizing into a potentially good team, then I think Huntington will be safe. But if they come out and they're over 500 in the first half and they collapse again in the second half, I think there's going to be a move, not necessarily because the ownership doesn't believe in Huntington and the direction of this team, but because at some point, you have to give these fans something to get around. And, you know, they've had two decades of losing seasons. Firing somebody might be the only way to cheer them up at this point.
1: All right. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad I am glad I snuck that question in. I am now officially ready for predictions.
2: <laughs> All right. So how many wins and where do they finish?
0: Well, Pocota says 79 wins and that they'll finish ahead of the Brewers and the Cubs. I know this sounds like a cop-out, but that's the number I had in my mind. Before I looked at Dakota, I want them to win eighty-two or eighty-three just to get over the hump. I mean, two decades now. Come on, we gotta end this. <laughs> Together we can. <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, and that would put them in fourth place. You figure?
0: I would say third, unless you're <laughs> bullish on Milwaukee. Okay. Are you bullish on Milwaukee? I think the rotation's better than people think. Uh, well,
2: so, so, so third or fourth? <laughs>
0: third I'll say third, third for Pittsburgh
2: alright cool RJ thank you very much yes. for coming on we have Pete up next uh, talking to
1: Rob Beer Temple from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review
2: and we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Cubs
1: it may still be winter but baseball prospectus is ready to play ball Pete Barrett is taking you around the league with 30 insiders who cover Major League Baseball Step into the box. The Squeeze is on.
3: And welcome to The Squeeze. Joining us today to talk about the Pirates is Rob Biertemfel, a beat writer for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Rob, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, hey, no problem, man. How's it going? Great. And I know from your Twitter account, you're putting up with a little call-me-maybe between innings at the spring training <laughs> games. Other than that, how are you enjoying camp so far?
4: Well, that is an occupational hazard. You know, <laughs> that and the... Uh, And national anthems, that's one thing as a baseball writer. You hear the national anthem about, you know, I don't know, 200 times a year. And uh, the other day we were down with the Tampa Bay Rays in Port Charlotte. I heard probably one of the five worst national anthems of all time. (laughs) And uh, we kind of set the tone for what I hope is not going to be a bad year. But uh, but you never know. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Um, A thing that... Pirates fans have been waiting, it seems like, forever for is a season where the Pirates finish over 500. Rob, do you think this could be the year?
4: I think they wait a little bit longer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but they're, no, they're, they're, it's 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 one of those things where the I, I think
4: that this team could finish. It would stun me if this team finishes over 500. But I think it also has you know the, the, the potential there. To, you know, just because of the other teams in the division and, and some of the improvements other clubs have made, you know, there's the potential. I think they they could finish with around. You know, seventy-five losses again, and just you know, seventy-five wins. I'm sorry, and you know, just kind of miss, you know, breaking that streak of uh, twenty consecutive losing seasons. So, it's going to be it's going to be kind of touch and go. I mean, a lot will depend on on how well the starting rotation holds up, and if they can generate offense consistently throughout the season.
3: They have a couple former Yankees. One of them really excelled in the change of scenery, AJ Burnett last season. Was it really just he needed to get out of New York? What happened? Has he made changes? Why did he perform so much better last season?
4: I, I think some of it was just getting out of that situation in New York where it, it was so high pressure and and he was you know seen for for most of his time out there just on the wrong end of a lot of pressure. I mean you know there could be a lot of backmates that come up there and and if uh, you know if things don't go your way maybe to start um, you know sometimes they can just snowball on you know, I think that was some of it. And, and some of it was just, you know, pictures he, you know, pitchers, pitchers are funny. You know, I mean, they can get in grooves and just get in situations. And some of it is their change of any, some of it is a change of, of maybe a grip or just a little mechanical tweak. I don't think there was a lot of mechanical stuff with AJ. I just think it's a feeling of comfort, a feeling of, 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 of that he doesn't have to, you know, live up to, to the, the pressure of every night being Game 7 of the World Series kind of situation. And for him, maybe that's just the right kind of situation for him to thrive a little bit.
3: What are your feelings about the rest of the rotation? I'm on MLB depth charts. I see Wandy Rodriguez, James McDonald, Jeff Karstens, and Kyle McPherson slotted, uh, projected rotation after Burnett. You think that's a a decent rotation heading into 2013?
4: I mean, it's certainly a more veteran rotation than than they've seen here in Pittsburgh over the past few years. I mean, A.J. and Wandy. Bring a lot of a lot of experience. Again, you know, two guys have been in their mid thirties. So I guess you would hope they're experienced. But the two guys that could be a little bit, you know, they can kind of be horses and give you a lot of innings um, and, and take some of the pressure off your bullpen. And that that's been a problem in recent seasons for the Pirates. And J is kind of a wild card. You really don't know which way he's going to go. I mean, you look at the past two years. He's had one, you know, pretty good half. In um, last year's case, the first half was fantastic for him. And then uh, the second half last year, or or if you go back the year before, the first half have just been abysmal. So you really don't know what you're going to get from this guy. Um, Yeah, he's 28. He he, he hasn't been a starter, at least a full-time starter, for very long. Um, Back in the day, once upon a time, he was an outfielder. So you know he's still at the age of 28, kind of learning his craft about how to be a starting pitcher. and he's learning in the major leagues, so I think that explains a little bit of his inconsistency. Uh, and that's not something that you know just goes away <laughs> quickly. That you that know, can take you years. So who knows what they'll get out of McDonald this year? um McPherson is one of those guys. You're right, he is battling for that number five job along with Jeff Locke, another working left hander, uh, and uh, Jonathan Sanchez, uh, who's kind of a reclamation project. I think he was he would have to put him also in the mix. For that number five spot, Carson's is a guy who, when he's on, he's very good. I mean, I think he, you know there were times he was the most intelligent pitcher uh, in the rotation. Doesn't have overpowering stuff or anything, but just really knows how to pitch. He really understands batters, and in um, that, you know, that can get you just as far as having a 99 mile an hour fastball sometimes. So it can be a good rotation, but there's you know, as with everybody else on this squad, it seems. So many questions with every guy. You know, will Jay Mack be the good one or the bad one? You know, is AJ still going to be effective at 36 years old? Can Juan he adjust to the new surroundings and the new demands being put on him? You know, will Carson stay healthy, and, and who will win that fifth spot?
3: Yeah, there are some questions still left to be answered. Um, you're listening to the Effectively Wild podcast. We're talking Pirates with Pittsburgh Tribune-Review beat writer Rob Beer You can follow Rob on Twitter at Beer Trib. Rob, another guy we talked about, A.J. Burnett, another guy coming from the Bronx this year is Russell Martin. The catcher signed a two-year deal worth $17 million. What do you expect out of him? Obviously, it's not going to be the performance he put on last time he was in the National League with the Dodgers, but how much does Russell Martin have left?
4: That's a good question. And, um, you know, coming in, it, everybody was, was expecting him to be a, a steady guy who could probably maybe provide a little bit more defense. And they got out of that position last year and, and, and some decent offense. But in the very first game of spring training, um, you know, he, he, did, he played four innings, left the game, and, and he hasn't played since. And uh, the official story is he has a sore shoulder, and then he, and he, he kind of tweaked it somehow. We haven't been told exactly how, but he tweaked it somehow. Uh, in that game he played on, on Sunday because he didn't warm up thoroughly and never got loose. And so now that he's been out, you know, three, four, five days. Um, probably will make it back sometime this weekend, but we'll have to wait and see. Not a good way to purchase spring, you know, and and show that you're the, you know, the, the dominant guy that they want behind the plate. So, you know, I think everybody's kind of holding their breath a little bit to see just what happens, you know, with him. I mean, he pulled out of the World Baseball Classic. The story there was that, you know, he nobody was confident in him playing shortstop like he wanted to do. I think there was probably some health issues you know, that, that have popped up now, yeah, and it's just, this soreness or whatever they're, they're going to call it. So, so we're going to see how quickly this, this dissipates and whether it's something that's going to linger throughout the year.
3: We'll see how he does, and it'll be interesting to see whether he can stay healthy or not. Andrew McCutcheon, sure. last year, a big, big season. It seems like he's getting better year after year. That was his fourth year in the big leagues. At what point does he peak? Was Is this the peak performance that we've seen, or is he just going to keep getting better?
4: I think he's got more in the tank than, than what he even showed last year. I mean, uh, there was, you know, points in the first half of the season where he was, you know, hitting up close toward 400. I don't know if you're going to be able to do that in a full year, but, but, you know, he's... I was talking with John Smoltz uh, a couple weeks before he we came down for spring training about the touching. and Jim Smoltz, he was saying that the thing that impressed him so much about Andrew, just from seeing him back in his rookie year when, when John still pitched for the Braves, and now watching him now as kind of an analyst for MLB Network, is he's impressed by how how well, how quickly uh, Andrew has been able to adjust his swing, his approach to plate, and really counterpunch to what the league is is throwing at him. You know, sometimes it it takes batters, you know, a few weeks, a few months, a couple of seasons to really adjust in different ways that he's being pitched and approached. And Andrew's been able to do it quickly and effectively, and he's been able to do it really you know, without a whole lot of protection in that lineup, um, there were times last year where you know you, you would just wonder why why did they even bother pitching this guy um, because there was nobody else in that lineup who was hitting and there's and there's really even on days when that the lineup is doing good it, it, there's not really a ton of, of a big threat in that lineup so you know it, it really is amazing sometimes to see what he has done pretty much on his own over the past couple of years.
0: You
3: mentioned MLB Network, um, a guy that spent some time on the network, and then I've seen a lot of interviews and stuff. And it it seems like Clint Hurdle is just a fun guy. He comes across that way, at least through the television screen. Can you give us a little insight into how he runs a ball club?
4: Yeah, Clint really—he's one of those guys who I think he has a unique perspective because you you remember back in the day when when he was drafted, um, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated basically uh, proclaiming him a phenom. You know, this year's next big thing, and then he came up to the major leagues, and and I don't I don't want to say he flopped necessarily, but he just he never reached the the potential that everybody expected from him, and he had a lot of turbulence along the way, and you know so here was a guy who of whom great things were expected, and he didn't quite deliver, and some of that was you know just his his he produced what he could produce physically, and some of it was the pressure and the expectations and everything weighing down on him. So he remembers all that and, and sort of, you know, takes that with him when he has a relationship with the players. I think that's the one thing that he's able to do um, with the club where it's at now, with, with, you know, a lot of younger guys, a lot of guys still trying to prove themselves and establish themselves. Clint's so able to kind of relate to them a little bit and, and sort of guide them through that process. So in that way, he really is, you know, the right kind of manager for where the Pirates are at this point in time. Um, will he still be that right kind of manager in, in three, four, five years if they, you know, kind of gets to the mountaintop a little bit? We'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, it, it didn't work out that way with the Rockies, but he's, you know, kind of evolving and changing. And you know, I would be surprised if he could do that again, and, and maybe it could be a long term fit here.
3: Rob, we appreciate the insight and hope you have a great time in the rest of camp and covering the Pirates in 2013. Thanks so much for joining us tonight.
4: Sure. Take care now.